Welcome to the March 26th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 24, and the sermon is entitled, Why Marriage Matters, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. I'm going to start out by saying this before I tell you where we're going or tell you what we're talking about. Many of you might already, already know. Maybe the most important sermon I've ever preached in, in, a, in just less than a year, in 10 months. The most, most important sermon I believe I've preached to this date will be today. And then I pray that next week as we look at uh, the coming of the King and the week after as we talk about the resurrected King, it's amazing how we look at life and we look at our lives and we see how just living out faith is hard. But here is what I want you to know. Satan, all he needs is a little crack. One little crack And it's over. And so today, church, I don't know that I have the authority but by given by God and His Word to preach a sermon on marriage. Many of you sitting out there are a whole lot more experienced than I am. You have more years on me. You have more trials and tribulations. You have more advice. And I'm grateful today that we gather not under Jeffrey's advice or Jeffrey's look, but we're gathered centered on the Word of God. And so today I want you to know that everything is said about marriage comes from God's holy word, not from Jeffrey's heart. And so it's with that we begin a message. Take your Bibles. You don't have to go very far. Genesis chapter number 2 is where we're going to be at today. Genesis chapter number 2. And I want to start out by saying while you're, while you're having a hard time finding that chapter, I know some of you are. Why? Take your time to get there. Take your time to get there. I want to tell you, I got married almost 18 years ago. And there, uh, in the Methodist church I grew up in, there was a, a man by the name of John Brown. John Brown was the guy, I believe he was from West Virginia. I'm not going to go there. That's another sermon. But, but he had a lot to say. But John Brown was the guy that showed up on Sunday morning. And when he would sing, John Brown, he would bring his guitar. And you, didn't, you know he would sing, and that's all you knew. Sometimes he would sing one song or two songs, maybe even three songs, and then he'd sit down and that was your cue to go preach. So I got up and preached. But John Brown was a short, stocky guy, but he always loved to laugh. I have that, I have that same gift. So at my wedding, John Brown was invited. He did not sing at my wedding. But he had a lot of ice to offer. And then as Terry and I were married, he snuck up behind me in one of our pictures. And around my ankle, he put a ball and chain. <laughs> he said, Jeffrey, it's over. <laughs> Looking back 18 years, I believe he was right. It's over. Somebody asked me today, Jeffrey, do you wear all black because you were preaching on marriage today? Uh, maybe so. I don't know. But here's the the reality of it. Friends, marriage in in a lot of ways can be a joy to many of us, but it can be a sorrow and a hurt to some of us that are sitting in this room today that are watching live stream today. I know that marriage does not always give us the butterflies and, and the warm and fuzzies that we picture in the Disney movies. For 18 years, it has not always been easy. And I will tell you in those first few years, it was extremely hard. Very hard trying to figure one another out and trying to figure out life and what that would look like and 
trying to make ends meet financially. And that was one of our biggest struggles. And so it's amazing how God has blessed the faithfulness of marriage. And so today it is with that we approach the question, why does marriage matter? Now, I want, for those of you that are visiting today, I want to give you a little history here. Some of us uh, have been studying through this series. We've focused three weeks on self. And the next three weeks, let me rephrase that, the next month will be about family. We're going we're gonna to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about children. And we're going to talk about singleness. And how God's hand and how God's plan is in each of those seasons. And so today I know that I, I talk and speak to people that are married and I know that some are not here. But today, why does marriage matter? It is a relation and a foundation on which God the Father created for mankind to build upon. And so today I'm grateful to go to His, wor- his Word. And as we look at that together, maybe there are some words that you would describe your marriage. Maybe tonight, today if I ask you, how would you describe your marriage You would say it's godly or Christ-centered or you have persevered. Maybe some of those words are the words that you would describe your marriage. Maybe some of you sitting here would say it's complicated. It's Hey, it's more than a Facebook setting, okay? I know that. It's reality. Marriage is complicated. And somebody didn't tell me that starting out. But maybe complicated or separated or distant or difficult are the words that describe your marriage. And maybe at times or maybe at seasons, these words have had a play in your life. But here's what I want you to know today. Your marriage matters more than just to two people. Your marriage matters to God. Let me say that again. Your marriage matters to God. And today, if you are sitting here in a situation of marriage and you're sitting in that relationship and you're about to throw in the towel or you don't know what it's looked like, God cares about your marriage. And that little little avenue is all that Satan needs to slip into the body of believers and begin destruction. And so it's with that we approach God's holy word. Genesis chapter 2, I'm going to ask you to do something that I normally do not do. And I'm going to ask you to do this. Would you stand in reverence of God's word today as we today. And here's, before I read, here's what I want to ask you. I don't care if you're watching live stream. I don't care what you're doing. Here's what I want. If God asks you to do something today, are you willing to take that step and be obedient? In your marriage, in your relationship. And that's what I want. If you're not willing to stand up and take a step in the right direction, then it's no need. Just, I'm going to just be honest. Just, 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 it's time to go home. Let me close the Bible and let's just end it. But today, all across this sanctuary and all across the world, if Christians want their marriage to survive, God can do something. So it's with that boldness, holiness, we get God's word together today. Genesis chapter number 2, verse number 18. Here's what God's word says. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. 
And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and he closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. They were both naked, and the man and his wife were not ashamed. I did not enter marriage for it to be done and one and done or nothing. That was my mentality. If this one doesn't work, I'm not going back in for number two. That's foolish. You mess up once. It's on you. You mess up twice and it's on. That's foolish. 60 years. Now, young people, here's where I want to get you involved. Even teenagers. If you think about marriage, this this should be our goal. It should be a lifetime. And today we're going to see some of that. I know that my time is slipping away. Thank you for helping me celebrate 60 plus years of marriage all across this sanctuary. But real quick, in God's word, go back to Genesis chapter number 2. And I want you to look at verses 18 through 20. Here's what God's word said. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called, it, called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle, to the fowl of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a help meet for him. Today I think I've got about four points and I'm going to hit them very quickly. Point number one is this. Why marriage matters. Marriage matters, point number one, is because God's hand is in it. God's hand needs to be in it. And maybe today you're here and God's hand wasn't in your marriage when you began. But God's hand needs to be in your marriage today as a Christian. I know that many people got married out of different, for different reasons. Growing up, we sang a little song, and maybe you understand that little song. It says, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby in the baby carriage. And in 2023, that song does not apply anymore. Because the kid comes first, and the marriage comes second, and love's never in the picture. And so you wonder why... Marriage doesn't last. That's a whole other topic. But here's what I want you to understand. God has taken Adam, his prized creation, and he has put him in the perfect place, the Garden of Eden. And he put him there to work and to care for it. And with only one rule, and that one rule was this. You better not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil or you will die. On the hills of a command... God relates this message in verse number 18. I would ask that you underline it if you write in your Bible. It is this. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. You need to underline those words. It is not good. And all the things that God was doing, he was amazing at what he was doing. He was in creating things, animals. And he created Adam, the human being. And Adam begins to name these animals. I'm jealous of that. What a job. 
As Adam begins to call the names of these animals that are created and he realizes as he is naming and he is seeing God's creation play out before his eyes, he realizes something. And all of, all of the things that God is doing, guess what? Adam is alone. Adam is alone. I don't know who realized it first. I believe God did. God realized that Adam was alone. But maybe Adam realized he was alone too. Maybe you're a man here and you're saying, hey, so what? That's a good place to be. I told my wife this weekend, she went on a girls weekend. I said, you've got to be back for Sunday morning. I'm preaching on marriage. You have got to be there. <laughs> she got up this morning and made her way back and I'm grateful that she's there, but good. here's the thing. It's good to be separate for a little while, but it's not good for a man to be alone. It's not good. In 2023, I want you to all know this. It's not good for a man to be alone. We need our circle of friends. We need co-workers. But more importantly all that, we need a helpmate to help us get through life. Here's what I want you to see. Everything in the Bible up until chapter number 2, everything that God has created has been good. Do you understand that? God created on the first day and the second day and the third day and the fourth day and the fifth day and the sixth day. In chapter number 1, verse number 31, it says, God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And the first thing in your Bible that it records that is not good is that man is alone. Some people think the first thing bad recorded is sin. No. The first thing that God says that is not good is for that man to be by himself. Today, I want you to know that God has to have his hand in your marriage, and he wants to be a part of it. In chapter number 2, eight, verse number 18, those words, it is not good, they ring loud and clear because Adam was alone. And here's what God says, I'm going to make him a helper. I'm going to give him somebody right by his side that he needs. I'm going to fix the problem, and the problem fixer is a woman. Men, don't forget that. Men, don't forget that. If you forget it, they will let you know, I promise you. Here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to look way back when you got married. I don't want Dr. Massey, Dr. Powell and Bethel Massey, I don't want you to look back over 60 plus years. And the newlyweds, I don't know who's the newest married couple in here. But I see a few up here. Don't look back at the very beginning. Look at what God's doing today. If I look back at the very beginning, I would have seen God's hand in my marriage. But I would have seen a lot of rough days and hard days. And days that I needed God. And God looked at Jeffrey and said, hey, the, the answer to Jeffrey's life is Terry. And he put us together. But I want you to know it matters when a man and a woman let God have control and let God have a hand in the things of their marriage. It matters that God has a hand. Today, today, can you see God in your marriage? 
Point number two. Look at verses 21 and 22. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. These two verses give us point number two, and that is this, why marriage matters, because marriage is a bond of protection. A bond of protection. We see a very delicate surgery that God performed. The first surgery that we see in the Bible. A delicate procedure that would remove a rib from Adam's side. And that rib would be fashioned into a beautiful woman. But that rib, that rib serves as a place of protection for the man. And it's amazing that God took out of that place of protection a woman. And fashioned it and put right by his side that she would be that helpmate and help, a helper that he needed. But also would be that person of protection over his life. Adam was in a perfect place of Eden. He was in a perfect place in a relationship with God. And yet all things were not perfect because he needed his wife. God delivered the perfect companion. There are times if you ask Terry throughout our marriage, if I was the perfect companion, I don't know what her answer would be. I'll just leave it at that. But through almost 18 years now, we've made it. And it has been a battle. But more importantly, we have had to take our our eyes and our hands off of what we wanted and let God work. In all of the rough years and the rough seas of my marriage over 18 years, every time I see a rough patch, I can see where God's hand came in. God's hand of protection was over that. And I don't know if you've ever used the words, I think I'll leave or I want to go away or it's over, it's done. God's hand protected those words over 18 years in my life, in my wife's life. I want you to know that this place, this rib, this place of protection, God covers a lot of my mess-ups in my marriage. Maybe you can relate to that today. I do have the perfect companion. But I believe today our marriages, we often focus not on the other or on God, but we focus on self. And when we begin to do that, And we take our eyes off of God or out off of the other. Listen, that's when it all goes south. If you're married and your husband or wife are here, look at them right now. And here's what I want you to realize. This is the person that God chose you to spend your life with. That God chose You to handle the tough issues that we deal with. To get through and to raise a family. God put these people in your life as a foundation of which to raise a family. And friends today, I want you to know that I believe in the very beginning, God used marriage to be the foundation of family. And He wanted the family to be the foundation of society. And you want to know why you look at the news today and society is in a mess? Because the family's failing. And I want you to know even the statistics in the church are not that great. We're bumping up in the 40 and 50 percent 
of Christians who choose divorce. Here's what I want you to do this week. You've done it two weeks ago. Look at your spouse and say, it's not about you. Now look back at me. Look back at me. And every person in this room needs to say this. It's about God. It's about God. God put a relationship of protection for the both of you there. And so I pray that as you look at one another, and as you deal with one another, and as you raise your family, you will see the other as a protector of your marriage. Point number three, verse number 23 if you will go there with me, Genesis 2, number, verse number 23. Here's what God's word said. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Now we're told throughout the Bible a lot about Adam, uh, what Adam is doing. But here in this verse, verse number 23, we have the first recorded words of Adam. Now, remember, he's been naming the animals, so he's been talking. He's got a relationship with God, and, and we know that he's been walking and talking to God. But in verse number 23 are the first recorded words of Adam. And I think, I think I'm, I'm not questioning the Bible here, but I think he left out something. If God made the perfect woman, I think his first word should have been, wow. Can I be honest with you as a pastor? And I know my time is getting tight. I want to be honest with you as a pastor. One of the things that I don't look forward to as much as I used to as a pastor is performing marriages. It's so much work on the front end. But one of my greatest memories and highlights of what I do in a marriage is when I stand down front and I've got the groom on my left side. And just before the doors or, or they unveil the bride in the back, I reach, re, lean over and I tell that, that young man and I say, you better never ever forget this moment right now. And as those doors swing open, usually it's a word of wow or tears flow or beautiful. My wife came up on a white carriage. My grandfather bought her up on a white carriage as we got married. And I never will forget as I seen her step off that carriage, just the beauty she beheld. But Adam here says this, this woman is a part of me. Point number three of why marriage matters is because right here in verse number 23, marriage gets defined. Why does it matter that marriage is defined? Because we are living in a day and age that's redefining everything. I believe this chapter and what God gives us is the definition of marriage. And in verse number 23, there are two words that you need to underline. You need to underline the word woman, and you need to underline the word man. And in that verse, God defines that marriage should be one man and one woman for one lifetime. And it brings Eve to Adam. And those first recorded words are, This is the woman that God has made for me. She is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Many of you know that I grew up in the Methodist church. Two of those churches that I served 20 years ago, just this past week, voted to disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church. And the reason behind that is one reason. It comes on to homosexuality in marriage. 
And I want you to know this, church. It's coming our way. It is coming our way. And so why do we need to go on the biblical definition of marriage? Because that's what we have to stand on. That's the only thing we have to stand on. I want you to know that I'm thankful for those two churches and their stance and what they're taking. But here's the more important stance. You and I must stand up as Christians in what we believe. And it's not because Jeffrey doesn't like anybody. It's because God's word says so. Marriage is defined as a man and a woman. They're already redefining marriage and they're trying to redefine a man and a woman. And what's going to be next? Marriage is set forth as as a definition of one man and one woman for one lifetime. And I don't feel like I need to preach that every week, but that is where I stand. And that is where this church stands. And here's where the other message is. Anybody that walks through that door will feel the love of Jesus Christ in their life. They will be loved on by the pastor. They will be loved on by the church. And they will be loved to know the truth. Amen? Today, I'm not sitting here pointing fingers at somebody. I'm pointing fingers at my own life. Because I need work. My marriage needs work. My marriage isn't perfect. But I want you to know that God's word defines marriage. Here in verse number 23. The last point, verse number 24 Look at that verse. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. I wanted to camp out here. This is where I wanted to take a sermon from this one verse because I believe there's a lot of problems in marriage right here. Have you ever heard of the leave and cleave method? That's what this says. You've got to leave one thing in order to cleave to another. And there are a lot of marriages where Him or her haven't left. And that hurts a marriage. If you don't leave mama and daddy, you can't cleave to somebody that God has given to you. And so I want you to see point number four today. Why why does marriage matter? It's important for you both to be one. Oneness is important. If you never leave, Or if somebody has influence of your marriage, red flags ought to start going off. But you ought to cleave to the person that God has put in your life. Now, I want to say this. I believe that oneness gives us a couple of benefits. Number one, it involves a man and a woman helping each other out. There were a lot of things that Terry and I had to figure out on our own. Amen? Amen. Listen, don't live with somebody before you get married. I'm against that. In our first years, man, I had to figure out where to put my stuff. My shoes go by the door. (laughs) Now they go on the porch, you know. (laughs) We got it figured out. There's a lot of things in marriage you figure out together. And when somebody else pours into it or has influence, you've got to be careful there. The second benefit of being one is children. God's design for the, for the earth to 
be fruitful and multiply was because the children, that design would allow them to multiply and the earth to fulfill. And here's what I want to share with you. That design worked. That design worked. I've got one warning coming up in just a second. The third thing is this. It would give a picture to believers of the importance of Christ and the church. Go home. Your homework is Ephesians chapter number 5. You read that together. Marriage in a whole is in trouble because we've turned away from the design. But more importantly, we've turned away from the the designer. And today, I'm talking to Christian people that I love. That you may be hurting. And as we come to this point of invitation, it's not about, hey, I'm fine. I'll be all right. I don't need your help. Here's the heart of the Christian. God, I need you in my marriage. I want to be one in one another, but one in you. I want to be one family. I want to be one in my decisions. I want to be one in my finances. I want to be one in our jobs. I want to be one in our faith. I want to be one in finality until I die. And one fleshly Move can tear it all apart. Does marriage matter to you? One more thing and I'm done. Flip over real quick to chapter number 6. Now this is important. If you are here and you're not married today, Especially if you're a young person today or you're looking to get married again. Listen to this part right here. Genesis chapter number 6 verses 1 and 2. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. Listen to this part. And they took them wives of all which they chose. Do you see that? As the people were growing, families were growing, they started picking out who they wanted in their life and their wife and their husband. And it it was their decision. And shortly after they made those decisions, look in verse number 5, what happens? And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. Today, in a church setting, how many Christian marriages are grieving our Savior's heart. I'm not telling you what to do. But maybe today if you're here and you're married, you just grab your spouse by the hand and you come at this altar and say, God, keep us one until the end. As hard as it may be, Terry, I'm not telling you what to do, but I want you to meet me at the altar. (laughs) She needs Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe in a moment of dedication, of rededication, couples all over this room, I don't care if you've got to come from the balcony, start nails. Come on now. 
Grab your husband or grab your wife by the hand and come and say, God, no matter what this life throws at us, keep us as one. Keep us following and faithful to you until we close our eyes in death. Maybe you're here today, young person or old person. I know that I I told Davis Massey today, I said, this is going to be a hard sermon for you. He's in a place that he hasn't been for a long time. And maybe you're here and you're single because you lost your, your loved one. You're in a different season. Trust God through that. Maybe today we could come together and pray for each other and pray for our marriages. But young people today, maybe you can remember the things that you've heard. God's got to be in it. It's got to be a a bond of protection. It's got to be defined by God. And it's a place that will go until you die. It's a place of oneness. Maybe today you'll come and just say, Lord, help me. Maybe you're a young person, teenager. And you say, hey, marriage is the last thing on my mind. Praise the Lord. (laughs) But here's what I want your heart's desire to be. God, when the time is right, I trust you to bring the right person to me. Don't, don't be like the people in chapter 6. Search out for who you want because disaster happens. Let God put those people in your life. Ephesians chapter number 5 teaches us that submission and love are two keys to the the marriage surviving. And so today, maybe Jesus, maybe Jesus is the type of love you need first. Maybe you're here and we've talked about marriage. But before you can ever love someone truly like they deserve to be loved, you've got to love Jesus. You've got to allow Jesus to teach your heart what it means to be loved and to love somebody else. Today, if you're here and you need Christ as your Savior, this altar is open for you to make that life-changing decision. My prayer is in this moment of invitation, God would use it and would speak to our hearts to make us stronger for Him. Let us pray. God, thank You. Thank You, Lord, that I see You in many different avenues. Lord, I see You in the lives of Your people. Lord, thank you, Lord, in this congregation. Lord, there is no perfect marriage. Lord, even the 60-plus years have had their stumbling blocks along the way. God, today, maybe Christians will just come in a moment of invitation, grab their spouse by the hand. Maybe their spouse isn't here. Maybe they'll just come by themselves and say, God, I'll trust you. I'll trust you until I die. Lord, today, Lord, if there are marriages that are hurting The best place to start is with Jesus. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will bring those brokenhearted people before you today. Lord, today, if there's somebody that needs you as Savior, Lord, we open up this altar now for you to do business. This isn't Jeffrey doing business. This is the Holy Spirit doing business with his people. God, I pray that you would lead couples to surrender it all to you. Thank you for what you're going to do. For it's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.